Welcome back to Pardon the Confusion. This is Paul Arnoldbar. Welcome for the first time. Ernest Watts joins me as usual, and we're going to talk about sports and then have a, a theory that Ernest has that involves three of the most major movie and TV uh, science fiction hero type genres, if I say it right. Uh, Ernest, on this warmer May Sunday, did you honor your mother and mothers in any way? Yeah, but it's not warm here. We've had a, a cold spell that's fit in. In North Carolina, right. what is a cold spell? 51 degrees. Ooh, that's cold in here. Whoa, in Michigan. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it's, it's, you know, I've been, I had made a decision I was going to get in my pool today, but that kind of gotten turned aside. But you treated it, you shocked it, you got all the bad yes, stuff out. Yes. It's like as hot as it was last week. And I was, I covered about 700 miles of traveling last week. I was ready to bath take me away. <laughs> okay. Pool take me away. Well, well sports takes us away. And I bet you yes, watched a little yes. bit during that time. And so did I. Uh, thanks to my son, I now have more access to ESPN and stuff. So, you know, once in a while, kids do nice things for you. Um, so, do you want to talk about basketball playoffs? And NHL playoffs, or uh, do you Let's want to talk mas- Major League Baseball, or go off the board and go USFL? Oh wow! Let's go. With the, let's start with the NBA, the the association, as they yeah. like to say. Well, I texted Ernest yesterday and said, "I'm not watching the game. There shall be blood," because the Golden State Warriors were playing Memphis Grizzlies, and most of you are aware, if you're listening to this podcast about sports, that these teams do not like each other. And Golden State um, player Brooks clubbed Gary Payton Jr. He fell down. He put out his arm to brace his fall, and he broke his elbow in that. I've never seen an injury like that. Have you ever seen an injury like that, Ernest? Yeah, my son did that. Same type of play when he was in junior high school playing for Rohanan Junior High School. He had the same injury. Uh, he's, his legs were taken out from under him. I mean, it's it you. It, it used to be a lot worse in the NBA. I guess the most famous case is uh, Kevin McHale taking out uh, Kurt Rambis. Ooh. And he basically, he basically uh, tackled him from the top where his head hit the ground first. But that was before flagrant fouls. So you just got a foul. That was it. Guys were never ejected. I mean, McHale was not ejected for that. But now... They want to keep the stars in the game. And it, you're in a vulnerable position on a breakaway for a layup or a dunk. And, and guys feel like they get there in time, they can they can block it or stop it. And you know, nine tenths of the time you foul or an injury like this. And it's it's just a certain point of time you need to you don't challenge a guy who's three steps in front of you. That's you know, the NBA introduced the flagrant fouls. There's the breakaway call that if a guy is fouled and he's the only one to the goal, uh, between him and the goal, they get the free throws and possession of the ball. But uh, when playoffs come, it, it, it tends to rack up the physicality. That's why they put a limit on how many technicals you can have during the playoffs in the NBA. So guys don't accumulate. And there's a limit to how many flagrant fouls you can have also. So you agree it was it broke the code as Steve Kerr said. Well, it, it it's it, it was a, a a low 
percentage of that he could have stopped. I mean, you leave you hit a guy when he's vulnerable. In the NFL, they talk about vulnerability of a wide receiver, and they put a penalty. You're vulnerable in that respect. So yeah, but see, that was kind of topped off by Draymond uh, getting kicked out in game one, and some of the fouls there were considered to be by Coach Taylor Jenkins of Memphis and their staff to be a little bit uh, beyond the the code, so to speak. And I think this is going back and forth. And, and the latest it, with Poole, Jordan Poole, grabbing, you know, trying to um, check Moran, who's amazing, and grabbed his knee, and the question is, did he yank it bad enough to hurt it? Moran went out, and the latest report is that he's going to miss one game. Well, if you're going to miss one, you're going to miss another. I mean, that's that's the thing. Uh, that, that was a double team up in the corner in the forecourt. And they were just trying to keep him boxed in. And when you double team like that, the last thing you want to do is give any space or gap where they can, you know, force their way through it. And that's just like an honest double team. They were reaching for the ball. That that nowhere near is is, is what uh, was done to to Payton earlier. I mean, this is just a simple double team, and grabbing and pulling. But you know, injuries are going to happen. That's part of the playoffs. It's, the attrition and the physicality that you see it. You're certainly seeing it in the, in the uh, Bucks celtics series, also a very physical series. So is NBA going back to its old roots here, or it's just, uh, or do you think I the mean, Memphis coach is so hungry to prove this team can win that his team is inexperienced or he's pushing them too hard? I don't know. What is the reason for this series being it, so mean i guess or tough he's got he's got a young team he's going against one of the the title contenders uh, a past champion uh the reputation of curry and thompson and draymond green speak for themselves he's got a young team that actually percentage-wise plays better when john morant is out uh they're pretty much i mean can you name five other players with the grizzlies the no-name team yeah um yeah by watching them but yeah, yeah it couldn't well, be before this week. Yeah, Stephen Adams is probably the most well-known for being at OKC for their little run. But the, they're a physical team. They're a, I hate to use the term lunch bucket because that gives a perception that other teams don't try. But they're a team that, that plays. And he's, he's a good coach to do what he's done. Came up with the uh, G League. And they're a physical team. They, they try to impose their will on it. And... You know, the Warriors are a finesse team, and they're a beautiful passing team, but they are at best a finesse team. And if you don't have the talent to hang with the finesse team, you tend to use physicality in that to, to kind of use. Now, realize Memphis had a better record. They're a higher seed. But uh, I don't see it going past five games. I mean, to me, Golden State, they set a record for the most uh, points in a playoff game since 1967 last night. Yeah, you could see that coming because they were pretty ticked off about Peyton and they were back home and they were motivated. And um, So you don't see um, Poole being suspended for a game like... No, no, I don't, I don't, no, that was just a simple double team. It wasn't like he drew fit him or, or he pulled his leg. No, that was just basic basketball. I don't see... And, and, you know, Poole really should be considered – I mean, he didn't get the most improved player, 
but you see how much there's someone that kind of bounced around the league a little bit until he found his his way uh, with the Warriors. There's certain there are certain players that fit the Warriors style. Uh, you know, you got to be able to move all the time. You've got to pass the ball, make you know, kind of the hockey pass, the the second assist, and, and again, it's a beautiful way of playing. And it, it helps that you've got a guy who can hit every shot from half court. But you know, uh, Moran did the same thing in the last game. He hit one right before halftime from half court. So it's 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 been a nice series. It's kind of like the past against the future. Uh, you kind of wonder though with, with teams like Memphis if they're able to keep their core together because guys kind of get winning and realize it's a time to cash in. That's that's the thing about the Warriors is that they've kept their core together of Green and, and, and Curry. Time is ticking and on that core. Thompson, yeah, and he, he Curry pretty much has done the Brady thing in that he never took the high amount for his contract. He's always low ball because winning tends to be more important to him. Yeah, time's tipping out. I mean, they've got two more years. They've got some nice talent they brought in. Uh, Wiseman last year was injured all year. Uh, Kamunga, who, who's been a revelation, who they got uh, playing G League last year. Only 19 year. years old. Yeah, that's going to say they've got some nice talent, but Curry is a once in generational talent. And, and that's going to be, and, and Thompson is not back to where he was. No, he's still not shooting like he was, but, and then Draymond is probably one of the smarter players in the NBA borderline dirty, but one of the smarter players in the NBA. I mean, his, his passing ability, I think is over is underrated and always has been. He's I think ranks in the top 10 all time in assists. I think he's the highest non guard in assists. And Wiggins is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, he's a pretty good player out to himself. Well, you know, he had to fit in because he he had problems at Minnesota. He never got along with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And he bought into the system. I mean, essentially, he's doing the same thing that Harrison Barnes did before Harrison Barnes left as a free agent. Uh, And Otto Porter is a former all-star. They've got him coming up the bench. Uh... Iguodala is has been injured, and when he comes back, he gives that veteran leadership. I mean, they're not all there yet, and it'll be fascinating to see. I still think Phoenix is going to come out of the Mavericks. I am kind of surprised that the Mavericks won two at home because yeah. they really looked outclassed the first two games, but the Suns are going to come out of that. So it's going to be Suns and Warriors, and that might be the best playoff matchup we get even better than the finals in that respect. So you think, okay, and that's what's going to happen on that side. So are the Bucks going to persevere over the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it seems like Tatum's gotten cold for some respect. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's going to be the Bucks and, uh, you know. And Heat? It's nice. The Heat. I think Philadelphia may win too, but that's about it. I mean, indeed, it's, it's still not well. You can see that. And Maxi has to really ball out for them to get a chance. Uh, it's it, he's 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 the idea because James Harden is not the same ball player. One, they changed the rules, so he's not drawing fouls like he used to. And two, he just he's a big guy, he's a physical guy, and he just looks like a step slow. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's still a top 50 player, but he's not top five. And you heard that Ben Simmons is going to have back surgery, right? Yeah, I mean, would I be highly surprised if we never see Ben Simmons on the right. court again? No. I, I think yeah. he might be done. I mean, that's it. I, th- I think that might be it. So you get the Heat and the Bucks, and, and the Bucks is just win very much. You know, it, I, you got a great matchup there uh, with the Heat and that, defensively what they try to do. If Middleton is able to come back, I would give the edge to the Bucks. If not, I see the Heat coming out and uh, – and I've rode the Warrior train all year long, so I'm gonna stick with it. I think the Warriors can can beat the Suns. Yeah. yeah. So Warriors Heat, which is something I think I pulled back in 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 December. I'm still sticking with that. Maybe a little too stubborn, but yeah. All subject to injuries, every one of these. I mean, you know, if Embiid was 100% healthy, I think it would give the Heat a, a whole lot more problems. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it, Butler's learning to shoot threes again for the Heat, and and as Max Stannis is, I mean, they've got guys who they've done such a great job of recruiting guys. I mean, they signed uh, your boy Robinson there uh, to a big contract. He can't get off the bench anymore. No, no, Duncan's still scoring points. It just he it the um, Spolstra plays who's hot, and Hero has yeah. been hot lately. Duncan still scores 13 to 15 points most days, sometimes 30 if if that's just the way it rolls. But, um, yeah, so basketball is really fun. To, to be honest, I don't watch it all year long. This is the only time I watch it. And I like watching every night. I come home and say, what's on? And uh, But if I'm not watching basketball right now, I am flipping between hockey and baseball just because baseball makes me think, oh, warmer days are ahead. Uh, and then, of course, hockey is great in the playoffs. It's just faster, tougher. Um, and I want to talk about Sid Crosby for a second for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, when he came out, people said he's next coming of Wayne Gretzky, Sid the Kid, all this stuff. And he won some early and then took a few years and then won again. But I think people wrote him off too early. He's looked pretty darn gone good. Has anything surprised you this playoff season? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, the two hottest teams coming out of the regular season were the Rangers and the Panthers. And everybody thought that uh, we'll stick with the Panthers first. I mean, uh, uh, Huberdeau and and uh, the, the, the goalie. How do you spell Huberdeau? This is, uh, you, it's like a French name? Huberdeau. No one told, yes, yes. He's with an X H. at the end? Yes. Okay. All right. Proceed. Sorry. I just no, had a little no spelling check spell, there. No one said spelling was going to be part of the test. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were the most, they won the President's Trophy. And you know, President's Trophy, uh, only about uh, 20% of them yep. get to the finals, but just win the finals. But they were a very impressive team. They lost only one game at home all year long. And everybody was saying, well, Washington, uh, TJOJ, and 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 uh, Ovechkin, they're all and the goalies were kind of un undeterred or, or had problems, and and everybody didn't give them a chance. And it's it really is truly amazing what they've been able to do. And and, and again, 
they're switching goalies back and forth, but everything's working out. I mean, it's it's amazing to that extent. I mean, again, the series is not over, but they have the advantage right now. And and if they're able, this would be one of the great upsets because they limped into the playoffs. Now, the, the Penguins-Rangers series, which has been very enjoyable to see because the first game started off with uh, four, the win of the fourth overtime. You got a doubleheader of hockey in that respect. Mm -hmm. And the Rangers have a 50-goal score, and they got Panakin, and they've got, uh, I mean, it's just a deep, deep team. And I thought, I mean, my my Canes were kind of limping into the playoffs. The Rangers had a chance to take the divisional title for them. Uh, The Panthers have, I mean, the Hurricanes have goalie problems. We'll get into that in a second. But you know, see the kid, and he's not a kid anymore. No. I thought the idea of being the next Gretzky or even the next Mario Lemieux was patently unfair. We do this in sports. I guess it's a shortcut to to understanding is we try to equate some some quid pro quo of talent. And he's a Hall of Famer by no no doubt, but he's not a Gretzky, and he you know he's. Uh, I think he's close to tying Yammer Yager at one time, if he looks like. I mean, you've had such great talent. Malikin's been there also. And and the goalies, the great story of is, is Pittsburgh is they're on the third goalie. And you heard the story about the overtime, didn't you? The, the first game? No. Okay. In the first game that went into overtime, after the first overtime, the goalie for the Penguins got sick. And remember, he's number two goalie. So they brought the third goalie in. But between the end of regulation and the beginning of the uh, overtime period, he had sat down for a nice plate of spicy pork. Oh, yes, I did see this after all. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Sat down for a big meal because he thought, I'm not going in, no (laughs) doubt. Well, lo and behold, about halfway through the first period, he goes in and he he shuts down the Rangers for the equal to almost a, a whole game, and probably a big bottle of Pepto-Bismol waiting for him afterwards. It, it this that's the great thing. I mean, again, the playoffs in the NHL are basically about who's got the hot goalie, right? And and again, the overtime in hockey is the greatest sporting event on earth. Overtime hockey in the playoffs. Because they don't play commercials, they don't take breaks. You just play straight through, and you may play for an hour, or in the case of the Rangers and the Penguins, you may play for three more periods, a whole other game. And you know the break periods are pretty short between that, just enough time to put a new coat of ice on there, let the zamboni go through, and you put the sticks down and you go. And it's the, the physical draw over a period of time where. Both teams are drained, and it's the it's the excitement that every rush could end the game. Right. I mean, it's just there's nothing else like it. And uh, my Hurricanes took a big lead, two to nothing. Now they're tied. They're down to their third goalie. A kid has played three games in the regular season. Most of the season, Frederick Anderson was the number one goalie. He has a lower limb injury, lower limb injury, and then. Uh, uh, Auntie, uh, Auntie Takuku, who is the backup <laughs> goalie. 
Yes, he's my favorite auntie. Uh, he was injured when uh, I, I'm going to say who was it for the Bruins? Came by in a rush and just hit him in the face and injured his jaw. And he played today, unfortunately, a loss. So that's mm-hmm. it's going to be a seven game series, but it's the physicality. And the only team that's really blowing anything away is, you know, every year you ask me who I think is going to win the cup, and every year I say the Avalanche. And every year they stumble the second round. <laughs> well, they're up 3-0 on Nashville, and they, they look electric. I mean, they're averaging shooting about six goals every period. All right, Chris Daniel, if you're out there listening, that's one of our former <laughs> co-hosts who's gone AWOL on us. If you're listening, we'll actually give you some time on the air, Chris, to talk about your avalanche now. I mean, they lost both their goalies from last year. Uh, They were get Darcy Kemper, who was the goalie for the Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes, excuse me. Uh, They got the goalie. That's a strange situation, too. Do you know about the Arizona? uh, Was he the guy who got hit in the face with a stick? No, 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 no. This is, and I'm going to get sidetracked. We'll come back to the, the Stanley Cup Finals. Next year, the Coyotes in the next four years will be playing in the auxiliary hockey arena for Arizona State, which seats only 5,000 people. Ooh. They got into a disagreement with the city of Glendale about rent. They weren't paying rent on their nice 18,000-seat uh, arena. And because of that, they're building another one, hopefully, hopefully building, fingers crossed, a nearby Native American reservation, which will also be part of a casino. But out of spite, what they've done is moved to a place which this affects not only their revenue, but the visiting team's revenue. And, you know, this is a team that's been rumored for about 10 years to be moved to Houston. The current Houston Rockets owner has come out and said, I'll pay any price to get an NHL franchise. Wow. But it's, it's, it's childish and it's self-defeating. And if they haven't driven fans away, they certainly will with that. So back to Darcy Kemper remember, reminded me of that. He's done a great job filling in um, for the, the, um, uh, the Rockies and, I'm going to go on a limb again and say I think it's it's going to be the Rockies. I think the Rockies will come out of the West. I think they'll take it. You mean Avalanche? Avalanche, yes. Sorry, I got baseball teams. The old NHL franchise <laughs> was the Rockies. Okay. Before they became the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they went from the Kansas City Scouts to the Colorado Rockies to the New Jersey Devils. But I digress. Uh, out of the East... Man, it's hard to pick against Tampa Bay. It really is. Even though they're even with the series now with Toronto, and we know the Maple Leafs always blow away in the playoffs. But but and they've had some bad games. But I'll take one last hurrah for Sid the Kid and say it's gonna be Pittsburgh Ooh, and Colorado. Nice. And I think Colorado will finally get their second Stanley Cup. Nice. That's my prediction there. All right. All right. Well, that'd be fun. And that's probably going to be done at the end of June, right? (laughs) The way the NHL works. Yeah, well, well, you know, we're going to take a month off because they're going to go to the Olympics. And then 
they canceled or rescheduled so many games before that. Because usually the Stanley Cup final is played uh, before the NBA finals. But the problem is the two broadcast partners for uh, NHL. the NHL, ESPN, and TNT, who also broadcast the NBA playoffs. Aye. And May is uh, a ratings. Well, May is a ratings month. So they're trying to squeeze as much NBA in now. So they're pushing the Stanley Cup back further. So we'll be about the end of June. You'll, you'll see the NBA finals. I don't remember the last time that the NBA finals no. were before the NHL finals. But and the ratings yeah. are going to get worse because by the end of June, people are on vacation. They're doing things. And they're not watching as much as they were before. So No, but then, then I mean, you're still only going against baseball. And, and it, it's amazing. I've, I've watched today. I watched the first Peacock broadcast they have early sunday they call it sunday morning kickoff i don't like kickoff that's another sport but they have games at 11 o'clock every sunday for baseball mlb it's mlb and it's on peacock of course this matches up with the friday apple doubleheader there are so many networks baseballs in. i think that causes the confusion sometimes because if you're looking if you don't have a hometown team, like you've got the Tigers and i got the Braves. If you're just a national fan, you don't know if, if the Fox game's on Fox or if the FS1. If the, the, the Tuesday night game on TBS or if it's the uh, Wednesday night doubleheader on ESPN or whether it's the... I mean, is this it? you got to really search you got to Google every time you watch a game. You probably have to Google it because if you start searching on all your streaming services, you get worn out trying to find it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really got to go to something like uh, Awful uh, Announcing. It's a great website, which every day lists everything that's being broadcast. Mm, I didn't know that. That's a good tip, oh, yeah. Ernest. That's oh, there you Awful announcing.com. They also do a lot of gossip about games and stuff like that. It's a great little website to take a shot at in that respect. All right. Well, we, this is our first podcast since the draft as well. And um, I watched the draft. I really enjoy the draft. Ed Mar- Moreno, not Moreno, uh, Marinero Ed- really loved the draft too. He talked for about uh, eight minutes or whatever he did. Um, Anyways, Former star of what TV show? Hill Street Blues, buddy. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember him playing for the Vikings, the running back out of Cornell. Anyway, I didn't know if he was still alive, and there he is showing up to do a uh, draft pick. And he talked about on Dan Patrick that they didn't give him any guidelines, so when he went up there, he just talked about himself, and they had to cut him off practically. Anyway, so this draft they was like... Couldn't no, play the music off? like they can, maybe they, <laughs> Yeah, maybe be they safe out there, folks. You know, like the just, guy used to... Just... just be glad that Will Smith didn't go. Oh, 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 oh. Anyway, um, my lead into this topic is that this draft in L- Las Vegas was very cool in some respects, but was unlike any draft I'd seen because there's no big name quarterbacks. And then second of all, I've never seen teams trade within the same division so many times. You saw the Vikings trade with the Lions, the Vikings trade with the Packers. These are longtime enemies from what the heck? I saw teams trading. Um, the Ravens were trading. Um, you know, 
it was just a different year. What stood out for you in this draft more than anything? Well, when was the last time we had one quarterback picked in the first round? I know. Crazy. Uh, I think probably the least, for the public, least name recognition was the first round. And I think a lot of that has to do with the number of offensive linemen that were going in and defensive linemen. I mean, in college football, you recognize the quarterbacks, the running backs, and the wide receivers. And I think that, one, I don't, there's no saviors. I, don't, I don't really don't think anybody is, is going to move a team from up into playoff contention. I mean, that's just not it. There's no saviors in that respect. Even the number one draft pick. I didn't think he was the best defensive lineman in Georgia, to be honest with you. I thought Jordan Davis. <laughs> I always thought so, was, too. I I thought, what happened to the big dude? I thought he was touted as the best, or the guy from Alabama, their linebacker, who was so or, dominant. Or uh, Nicobe Dean, the linebacker yeah. for Georgia, who went second round, third round. He went pretty low in the draft. I couldn't believe I, that they, what did they see this guy in the combine that I didn't see all year long? I mean, if, I think this could be a big whiff. Or Jackson. Yeah, well, defensive lineman, that's just, it, it, you know, you get the number one pick, you want a franchise changer. I mean, Jacksonville last year got their quarterback, which hopefully will take them to the promised land. And defensive linemen are okay, but very few defensive linemen play an entire series. They certainly don't play a whole part of the defense the entire game because you rotate the defensive line. You've got eight. Essentially, eight starters. You got four guys to start, but you rotate four other guys. So you're talking about a guy at most will be in 65 percent of the defensive plays on the field. Yeah, and that's not going to be a, a game changer. I now. was shocked they didn't take Ian Hutchinson because he's a at Michigan, and I'm a homer here on this one because I'm in Michigan. He was a leader. He changed the culture. He just told the rest of the guys, "We're not taking this anymore from Ohio State." From all year long, for two years, he talked about it. And I thought, boy, Jacksonville needs a culture change. They need somebody who's going to really, you know, play his hardest. And I just wonder, at the last second, they said, he's not as good an athlete as the other guy, so let's go for the better athlete. Well, you know, they get hung up on time and hand size and uh, how quick they get out of the blocks and everything, and they just don't look at what a, a guy can do as a football player. They get hung up on, I mean, it's most drafting is, um, it's, it's, it, they're just not wanting to make a mistake. It's not that they're looking for a star. They just don't want to blow the pick. So they'll take the safe pick or the essential pick, or they'll take someone, they can go back and say, well, he ran blank at the 40 or he lifted so much or his hand size and all that, rather than, taking a chance on looking on somebody. It's the fear of failure kind of drives a lot of draft picks in that respect. Did you think Pickett was a good pick by, uh, pun intended, Pittsburgh? by Pittsburgh? I mean, they'd seen him in the same practice facility for years. They, I think they knew what they were getting. I mean, to me, he's a mediocre quarterback. I mean, I just don't, he's not going to start. Uh, which brings up as uh, my trivia question for the day. Since the beginning of the NFL, of quarterbacks who have started 50 games or more, only one has never thrown a pick six. Who is it? 
Say it one more time slowly so I can get my mind around okay. it because I'm tired right. right now. It's been a long since day. The beginning, since, since the beginning, the beginning of, of time. Yeah, since the beginning of the NFL, okay. only one quarterback who's had at least 50 career starts okay. has never thrown a pick six. I'm going to say uh, Jim Pluckett. <laughs> well, see, I kind of led to you. What team are we talking about? Well, I would. I th- it's probably Ben Roethlisberger, right? No, it's Mitchell Trubisky. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. He looks. Who like, has a? He looks he like a, a heavier set Romo, Tony Romo. Yeah. He, he has a. He has a winning record. He's taken a team to the playoffs twice. But I think caught a lot of flack at, at the Bears. Basically, because you know the coach and the, the coaching style, and he went to Buffalo and kept his mouth shut. And now, I think he's going to be a starter. I mean, there may be some pressure to play Pickett, but I don't. I saw enough of Pickett. I mean, I'd see him two or three times a year because you know ACC is in my neck of the woods. And he, he's decent, but he looked like he it was more the system than him. Which, you know, I have a problem with uh, the Panthers picking Matt Corral because I thought he was a system quarterback. Mm. I mean, my, my fear is, you know, we drafted Will Greer four years ago, and, and to me it looks a lot like Will Greer. I mean, I, I only thought one quarterback was worth taking a chance, and it's the kid from Liberty who went to the Titans. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, it's 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 – a crapshoot. You only have to go look at the draft a year before that to see most people don't know what they're doing. And you don't because you can't see the heart of guys. You can do all kind of tests and everything, but, uh, you know, and, and you can use regression types of analytics, which kind of fix those types of things in college, which are equated in pro play, but it's, it's all guesswork. Yeah. Did you, what did you enjoy the most about just the draft? I mean, I talked about, you know, seeing Marano, whatever his name is. And I'm so tired. Ed Marino. Yeah. Ed, Ed Marino. Thank Ed, you. Thank Ed, you. Ed yeah. I enjoyed that. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I mean, I didn't sit and watch that much. I kind of looked at afterwards and I get highlights on my phone. Yeah. I got done, drafted, but there was, there was playoffs going on basketball and, and hockey and, I, I actually watch real football. I watch USFL instead of the draft. So, mm-hmm. you know, by the time Sunday got here, you knew who you had. And you see the rankings, and it's it, – I, I like to compare the rankings by uh, ESPN and Fox because they all contradict each other. I mean, I've seen um, – this is not for Nate, but I've seen the Cardinals being given an A, and I've seen them given an F. And it's the same players, but it's it's the perspective. You you don't know until they get on the field. You really truly don't know. Right. All right. Well, let's <coughs> let's Excuse keep me. rolling here towards something I teased and tr- teed up earlier, and that was um, a theory you have connecting Doctor Strange with some other movies you've seen. Doctor Strange just recently with your grandson, and um, well, tell us your theory and your view of Doctor Strange without giving away too much. Okay, I'll try not to. Uh, what's today? We're recording on Mother's Day. Mother's Day. 
And there's a theme to all this. And my grandson disagreed with it. But if <laughs> you watched know? if you watched Moon Knight, uh, and I'm giving away spoilers, you find out the reason why he has multiple personalities was he allowed his younger brother to die in a cave. And his mother blamed him that for the rest of his life. Ooh. The part where she became physically abusive. And that's how he developed multiple personalities. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> On Picard, which just finished up, more spoilers. The basic premise of this year is that Q transfers them to 2024, where Picard's uh, great-great-great-grandmother is going to space to Europa. And at the same time, uh, the Borg is transported with them. Now, long story short, is they are able to infuse human DNA in the Borg, and the Borg become part of the Federation. They're able to correct the time. But they find out that Q basically arranged this because Jean-Luc Picard's mother committed suicide, and Jean-Luc Picard blamed himself. Mm. That's why he could never, ever have personal, deep personal relationships with a person. Q is dying. And the last part wait, of the wait, wait, how can Q die if you're not a Star Trek fan? He's like supposed to be a, a god. Godlike. God like. Well, he doesn't know why either, but he's losing his powers and he dies. And at the end, uh, as he's saying farewell, uh, Picard asks him, uh, why me all the time? And Q says, even gods have their favorites. And Q is telling him that this final act he does will probably finish him off. And he did this so Picard would not die alone like he's going to. And Picard hugs him and tells him that you're not going to die alone. And Q dies. But the whole message of it is Picard felt guilt because his mother, she had mental issues. She committed suicide. And that affected his entire life. Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> So where's the... Th now, All right, you're, you're stretching this along, buddy. All right, go ahead. Oh, I know. Okay, let's... A little background before we get into uh, Doctor Strange uh, 2, which is the Madness movie. It was directed by Sam Raimi, if that name sounds fairly familiar. He did the first, first three Spider-Man movies, had not directed a movie in 10 years. The last one was The Great Oz, which was a prequel to uh, Wizard of Oz. Sam Raimi is known for doing horror films, uh, the Evil Dead series, the Army of Darkness, and always including uh, Bruce Campbell, kind of his inspiration in that respect. Uh, the, this show, okay. Dr. Strange has a lot of horror. It's kind of listened to. It's almost like a horror flick. Uh, can I do, a, do I do any spoilers at all? Well, do a little bit of the spoiler to justify this connection with mothers. Okay. okay. The the protect the the evil protagonist in the movie is doing it because she wants to get her children back. Mm -hmm. So that's why I called it a Mother's Day movie. My grandson disagrees. There are, and I'm not going to spoil it, there are five cameos 
that come from different elements of Marvel. Well, we know one has got to be uh, Professor X. Yes, we get to see him die for the second time. <laughs> you Why like, do I laugh you at like that? Dying in Logan, you'll love him dying in this. <laughs> what are we doing here? Okay, yeah. Poor, poor 81-year-old Sir Patrick Stewart, we're just killing him all the time. <laughs> yeah, I remember the Wolverine movie where he died. That was enough. Yes. Okay. Well, we get him again. But uh, it is visually a treat. There are some horror elements into it. Uh, seems like Dr. Strange just screws up everything he does. <laughs> if you look at Endgame and the first Dr. Strange movie and Spider-Man, <laughs> it seems like every time he casts a spell, he screws up. So It's like he has it... all this power, but then he tries to overreach it or somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the complications and everything. And there's a delicious cameo at the end by Bruce Campbell. One of the best endings to a movie I've ever seen after the credits run. I enjoyed it. It, it, I can see where, you know, the big complaint about Spider-Man three, you recall that 20 years ago. No, I don't remember the big complaint about remember that. Remember that he tried to cram too much in because, you oh yes, Sam he tried to Man, tie up too many Venom, things. Sam and Venom. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, 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 the, the, what's his face? Goblin, name? green goblin. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of feels like this a little bit with this movie. But I thought, you know, and it sets up, of course, for a sequel because it's a Marvel. So if Spider-Man No Way Back Home is a 9 out of 10, what is this? This is a 7.9, 8.0. Okay. It's a step below the other. Yeah, but I enjoyed this collection of Marvel people because it gives you the possibilities of, of things that there are certain properties that at one time have been owned by Fox that were not owned by Marvel and Disney. That's the Inhumans, that's X-Men, that's... Uh, and Spider-Man wasn't owned by Marvel Spider-Man. for a while. There was... Yeah, yeah. But they've got, a, they've got an agreement where they can do both. Uh, Venom is the same thing. Venom's owned by Fox. Carnage is owned by Fox. And this opens up some possibilities of seeing, I don't know if the revitalization of certain movie series, but but it, it does open the door that respect. And that was that was neat. I mean, I was waiting for the, that particular scene more than anything else. Was there, there anything are, with the CGI that you said, wow, because we're getting so used to fantastic CGI now that we, we go ho-hum. Is there any great CGI in this? Because that's one thing. Yeah, the first yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange was just mind-blowing the way, you know, things, cities upside down, breaking apart, coming back together, rotating, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, when he goes to the multiverse. Very similar. It's been seen in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when they're going through different worlds. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing. They go through the multiverse, and they're, they're different. Uh, one's pretty funny. And like I said, different multiverses and different representations. I will tell you there are five Doctor Stranges in this movie. Yeah, I heard that he's got... Um, Multiple roles. Yeah. Uh, it would help if you saw WandaVision. It would help if you saw What If, the two series on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's not requisite, but it would help you in the understanding of this movie. Mm. 
And I'm seeing more of them tying in their limited series to uh, their movies in that respect. Well, I hate to say this, but we got to wrap it up. We record this podcast with Skype, and folks, you can relate to this. Sometimes your computer shows pop-ups and things like, oh, do this, do that. I don't know if Skype is legit with reason to try to interrupt me or not. So, hey, just to be safe instead of sorry, we're going to wrap up this podcast and say, so I can save this these these words that you will always want to treasure for any multiverse you might encounter. Am I laying down too thick there, Ernest? No, no, no. Hey, even though Mother's Day is over, you don't limit your appreciation of your mother yes. to one day out of 365 no, you don't. No. Give her a call. Give your mother a call. Right. She's worried about you. Yeah. Give her a call. She's worried. Yeah. She wants to hear from you. That's right. That's right. Father, and, when you call your father, he thinks you're asking for money, but your <laughs> mom just wants to talk to you. Yeah, so your father it, says, what do you do now? But your mother what, goes, oh. Why do you need it? Yeah, yeah, so I'm calling your mother. Nothing else. If you listen to nothing we say tonight, and the odds of that are pretty high, <laughs> uh, call your mom if she's Call oh, your mom. All right. For Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Thanks for listening to Part of the Confusion. Once again, we say good night. Good night.